Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. is freshly roasted and ethically sourced it's music to your ears shake up the way you wake up the king's coast coffee.com welcome to episode 161 of star wars and scotch it's tam it's kevin we're back and it's bad batch season three the final season has arrived there was three episodes which were there's three episodes which were good yeah they were all good really good um We'll get into it in a bit. Uh, that'll be the topic of the entire episode. Um, so, God bless you, Tim. Um, Thank you. But <laughs> oh, my allergies. Okay, so you can hear in my voice. My allergies are terrible. It, I've never had bad allergies before. It, ever. It's uh, it's it's the weather and. Oh my God! It, I it, my nose is always just just runny and sucks. I had a viral. The reason we didn't record last week is because I had something viral sinus thing from kevin got something from vegas yeah not syphilis um, i told him to stop licking the sidewalks <laughs> they taste like gold sidewalks why would i go outside when the place that i was staying was connected to the place that i had all my meetings and events at why why leave? oh that's convenient oh that's so convenient no it wasn't i had to go outside just to breathe fresh air for 10 minutes oh <laughs> i hate vegas i'm sorry if you live there but i hate your city um, I'm sure a lot of people who live in Vegas, they like Vegas because they live outside of it. Yeah, I mean, there's a right. whole... It's like Tampa. It's like, I love living in Tampa, but I don't live in downtown Tampa. Yeah, there's a whole suburban Please. area, and I'm sure it's lovely, but I I didn't go there. I stayed at the Luxor. Gross. And uh, I went Is to... Is that Ma- the one with the big pyramid? Is that the big pyramid? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. The Bass Pro Shop. No, that's Memphis. Yeah, but that's what I think of now. Anytime I see the, <laughs> any I pyramid is Bass, Bass Pro Shop. I just think of Bass Pro Shop now. It's like that's where we've come as a civilization. You know, you've got the great pyramids in Giza, and instead we want to replicate them and turn them into a Bass Pro Shop in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm going to request that we go to. The, I haven't been there in years. I would like to go when we're at uh, Summit this year. Yeah, sure. If, we could just say we need like a cooler or something. If you don't know what we're talking about, Bass Pro Shop. downtown Memphis. I believe it's right on the border of. Um, Whatever state is next to them. Is it Alabama, Arkansas? I don't know. Something like oh, that. I don't know. It's one of them. Rex gets mad when I don't know where Arkansas is on a map, so I'm not going <laughs> to pretend to. He's like, bro, no, nowhere near there. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's this huge pyramid that used to be the arena that the Memphis basketball team played in, and it got turned into a Bass Pro Shop. Not just any Bass Pro Shop. Apparently, there's a hotel in there. You, it's the world's largest Bass Pro Shop. A restaurant. There is a full pond, like ecosystem they got going on there i believe that's the one that the guy jumped into naked and then got out and he had such small shrinkage that no one could see his his bb oh it was chilly yeah it looked like he had nothing going on down there ken doll exactly so i believe it was that one i'm not 100 percent sure though um but um if it didn't happen there it definitely happened in florida 
Um, but yeah, that's what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, I stayed at the Luxor, and then the Madden Bowl was at Mandalay Bay, and the meetings I had were at Mandalay Bay. So it, there's just a walkway between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, the gym didn't open till 8 a.m. Pacific, which is 11 a.m. for me because I stayed on Eastern time while I was there. And it was $50 to go to the gym. So I just walked a lot. Was there a complimentary breakfast, though? No. Oh. No. No. Hey, whoa, whoa, hold on. They made you, we're going to have you spend $50 to work out in their gym that didn't open until 8 o'clock? Mm-hmm. What kind of bougie-ass gym is that? It's like the casino's open all night, but the gym, no. God forbid you're healthy. Right. If you kept us healthy, we'd gamble more. Just saying. Huh. Just saying. Is it true? No. Do you think there's like a ratio to like six packs to to money expenditure on a, at a table? No. no? The only okay. thing I know is the reason there's no windows in a casino is because they don't want you to see when the sun goes up and the sun goes down. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but uh, yeah, it was gross, and I hope I never have to go back to Vegas. I'm sure I'll have to, but if I can avoid it, I'm going to try. So, Anyways. Madden Bowl was a great time, though. What a fun event. Very quick, um, but then there was a concert afterwards with um, Big Boy and um, uh, Killer Mike. Green Day. Green Day. I didn't stay for Green Day. Tim's mad at me for that. It was like three in the morning for me, and I'm not the biggest. You could Green have Day been fan. an American idiot. I'm not a Green Day fan, like because you're not part of a redneck agenda. Everything was downhill after Dookie for me. So, <sighs> if you just listen to the propaganda, but Killer Mike, say hello to the age of paranoia. Dude. Seeing Killer Mike was awesome. He's uh, he's bigger in person too. Um, but yeah, it was it was a fun event. It was cool. The kid who won is uh, a seven time Madden champion. He is 20 years old and is now being called the Madden Millionaire because he's made over a million dollars in winnings playing Madden. That's cool. Good for that kid. At 20. Nice. At 20. His mom was on the stage doing this because she was so proud. It was very cute. Um, Can't wait to see where he's at in five years. I hope he's still kicking ass and playing Madden and making money. That's what I hope. Because uh, he doesn't turn into like one of those like degenerate 20-year-old millionaires that ends up in a box somewhere. Yeah, I hope he doesn't. like. <laughs> what happened to you? I used to play Madden for a living. I hope not. He was a very nice kid. <laughs> um, but it was a fun event. They had a good they had a good crowd there. Uh, it was like 150 people good. that actually like cared and uh tight game up until the middle of the fourth quarter, man, and then one pick ended it all. So it was a it was a it was a fun watch and a good time. Good. Uh but enough about Vegas. We uh yeah. the the thing I didn't have when I was in Vegas, Tim, was King's Coast Coffee. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hard to get King's Coast Coffee out into Las Vegas, unless you order online at kingscoastcoffee.com, where no matter where you are in these 50 states, uh, you could, mm-hmm. you could. Or Canada. Or do you, yeah, you could, uh, or do, do we send out to the, we also send out to military P.O. boxes as well, in case you were wondering. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have been asking, do you send to these, do you send to the, the military mailboxes? Yes, we do. APOs? I think they're called APOs. Yeah, we do. So head on over to kingscoastcoffee.com, you can get yourself... Uh, we got the winter wave still in effect right now. Mm-hmm. That's our seasonal roast for wintertime. The darkness blend, Go Carnage roast, many out there. Doctor Lupo Lifeline, get it today. Head over to kingscoastcoffee.com. I actually had a guy over at the at the gym. Uh, his name's Tony. Tony, and um, he's a big coffee snob. He only orders Kona coffee from Hawaii. Like that's the kind of like kind of guy we're dealing with here. Okay, only drinks Kona, like from from Hawaii. Like we're not, not talking about the watered down stuff from from like TJ Maxx where it's like. Look, you can get Kona coffee. It's like, no, it's not Kona coffee, please. Um, so I gave him, I gave him Aztec and uh, our bow breaker, our espresso roast. 
He liked the, he liked Aztec. He's like, you know, I really like. I'm, I'm more of a bold kind of guy, but this is nice. I was like, yeah, it's more of like a anytime kind of coffee. Easy you drink. could have that in the morning. You could have it in the afternoon. You could have it, at, you know, after dinner. Uh, Aztec it just goes down smooth anytime. But Balbreaker is by far my favorite espresso roast, and he loved it. He loved it so much he was like, where can I get this in Tampa? I was like, dude, you can't. You have to go to the website. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to the website. So he ordered himself some more more Balbreakers. So. There you go. Be like Tony. Head on over to uh, kingscoastcoffee.com and get yourself some King's Coast today. Man, maybe we do need to... We should really think about getting a place in Tampa, Tim. That'd be such a good idea, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be crazy. You know, wouldn't it be nice if we had a place where you could go in Tampa Bay, Florida to get yourself freshly roasted King's Coast coffee, but you could also get a drink from the cafe. You know, that sounds lovely, doesn't it? You know, maybe scoop up some ice cream from our friends at Bright Ice. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe buy a shirt from Lab 77. And maybe you even see a podcast going down being recorded by Tim and Kevin. Who knows? You know, the pro- the possibilities are endless. So um, if anyone's listening that's got a couple couple dollars, and I'm talking like five, like more than more than a thousand, all right? You got some investment money you want to throw towards King's Coast Coffee and open up a cafe in Tampa Bay, Florida, send us an email. I'd love to talk to you. In before a guy says, I have $10. What will that get me? Um, I have $10. Will that help? Honestly, crowdfunding might be the way to go, Kevin. You know, just oh. like Danny Thomas says, I'd rather have a million people give me a dollar. The thing Pete sent was interesting. So we can look at that, what that other company is doing. So look at that. Look at that. Maybe we will crowdfund investment. It's an interesting concept in a new world to crowdfund investment. So I think part of the issue is I have to wrap my head around understanding it, but I mean, you got to move forward. It's 2024. Kevin, my career has been crowdfunded by people for 10 years. So, you know, I'm okay with it. That's a, that is a <laughs> fair assessment. I mean, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, like, I mean, most street, I mean, if you look at it, the streamer industry is just one massive crowdfund. Hey, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That is a very interesting take. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, you know, I'm in my forties. I got to adjust. It takes me a little more time to adjust. All right. Well, while you're adjusting, uh, one last sales pitch for you. GCXevent.com. Get your GCX tickets. Uh, it's weird to say that to, you need to get them, uh, but it's a great time to get them. Uh, we're going to have more announcements coming up soon. We're starting to announce. We, we put up our um, advertisement for content creators to come get their, uh, to apply for their badges. So if you are a content creator and you're listening, whether you uh, are a content creator in the video game space or you do beauty or you do uh, clothes, you, you, you do Whatever, music, whatever it is. If you consider yourself a content creator, we'd love to have you. Head on over to gcxevent.com and apply today to get your creator badge. We've got media badges as well. So if you're a media syndication, uh, if you're a podcast, if you're anything like that, head on over to gcxevent.com. We'd love to have you produce your show at our event. We'd love to have that. We'd love to facilitate that for you in, in some certain way. Uh, so let's talk. Exhib- Head on over to gcxevent.com. Exhibitors as well. If you're interested in uh, joining us on the floor and showing off your product, your game, your technology, whatever it may be, that's open as well. So uh, get it while it's hot because once the announcements start rolling out, everyone comes out of the woodwork and the floor fills up very quickly. Um, so gcxevent.com. Uh, I had a meeting yesterday with somebody from Boston whom I love dearly, so the Boston accent is fresh in my head. Um. Cool. Uh, well, they uh, they went right for it today in uh, in in the beginning of Bad Batch. It's hard to remember what was from what episode because it connected very nicely across all three episodes. Oh, you talking about the the intro where they kind of give you everything? Yeah, I mean it. it the roundup too. It, yeah. it was it was. You know, they did a good job of showcasing the time lapse. 
One thing I did want to say right out of the gate is thank you, Dave, for bringing Ian McDermott back to do the voice of Palpatine because... Oh, we're going all over the place, okay. Well, we've tried Palpatine many different ways in in animated, and there's just something so sinister and evil when it's actually his voice. Yeah, I I think he's... we've, We've had a few people try to emulate and replicate, but we've never really, like, nailed it until actually bringing him back to do the voices i'm glad that we have the ability to to really wrap him back into the show because it just it, it it builds like you said it it smooths out that transition from from live action to animated and back again and if you keep that consistency with the voices because at some point in clone wars you have um um you have who's the uh you have tim curry come in mm-hmm. and he's he's the emperor and it's just yeah it's the dark side doesn't work you know it's just like it's like it's okay, but every time I think of that, I hear Home Alone two Tim Curry. Yeah, uh, I love you, sir. You know, it's just it's just weird. Um, a cheese you know, pizza. Lo- a Compliments cheese pizza. Of the Plaza Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love Tim Curry. I absolutely love Tim Curry. But in my eyes, he's always like he's he's Long John Silver from from the Muppets Treasure Island, or he's he's the uh, the guy over at the hotel desk. Yeah. Um, but now that we have Ian McDuran back, it's just oh my god, it's just. Uh, Project Necromancer, you know, it's oh, it's just, it's just, ugh. it's, it's, it's the, it's the voice and the combination, the animation, I'm it's, thinking, it's evil, like it is, he's very straight up evil, and for some reason, Ian McDermott needs to do that voice or someone that that does other voice. What's funny is too is in the scene with the Deveronian, uh, the one they saved in season two, um, yeah, and the Pike. I just finished watching Legend of Vox Machina, which is the critical role animated series of their D&D campaign. So all those voice yeah, actors, yeah, yeah. there's like four of them in that one scene. <laughs> oh, really? So their voices like were like, oh, oh, oh wild. That's so-and-so that. so cool. from critical from Vox Machina. Um, yeah, it was just funny to hear them all in that one scene because um, I know they do voices across all Star Wars animation, but it was just it was, funny. Speaking of the Deveronians, that was a really cool POI. Yeah. I really, really liked that syndicate hideout or like castle or whatever that was. Yeah. Um, that was really, really neat to see because they, I, I forget how much like, like um, tieflings, Deveronians really look. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I like that they kind of have that, like that high fantasy, like uh, feel about that building. It, it definitely felt like it came out of like a fairy tale almost like just the architecture and um, even the, the symbol, like the symbols that they had like on the walls and whatnot. It was just very, just high fantasy. And I really liked that. Yeah, they were, and the way they didn't look, you know, like every other Deveronian we've seen in games and movies. Um, they usually look like they almost look like 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 little devils. They look like like almost like like Satan's. Yeah, you know, they like always the they're teeth. always red. They always have like the long curly horns and the sharp teeth and the fingernail. Like they just they look like demons. But these they they looked more like she looked like a high elf. She looked like a dark elf. Yeah, like purple. And I thought that was really purple. cool. Like yeah, like that yeah, that yeah that bluish dark color and like her horns were different colors and she was really pretty they're also coming I, I, from the front instead of the sides it was more like a satyr style thing instead yeah of a, yeah that's why that's why i kept like, it really felt tiefling and i like that because every time we've seen a deveronian they're like they're really big they're chunky like what's his face um uh who's the um uh uh clancy brown oh yeah when when, when he's a deverotti he's just, yeah that was <laughs> he's he's a fun one he, He's the he's Mr. Star Wars. I think he's played three roles now in Star Wars. And Mr. Krabs, and I just can't unhear it. <laughs> A Krabby Patty. <laughs> Every time. Money! SpongeBob. Um, yeah, no, that, that whole thing was interesting. But going back to the beginning, 
and the the time lapse and the aging for um, like Omega. They did a really good job of showcasing how long she truly was there. Um, Months. It was interesting to see. I would say a year at least. She aged. Um, I, went, I wanted to go. I wanted to go back and look at it, but I was like, "Man, is this years?" And it was all. It was all in, in days of five. Um, I need to go back and count it. But it was. It was. It could have been a year. It wasn't. It wasn't multiple years. But I mean, it was many months. Yeah. Maybe a full year. I need to go back and count it. It also depends on the rotations and everything else of that planet. Yeah, and I mean, well, look at the look at how old the ship was when she went to retrieve the ship. Like it was rusting. It had been there for a bit. It had been there yeah. for at least a few months, if not a, a year or so. Um, but it was. Uh, it was. It was. The mundane aspect of you know her daily loop and Nala yeah. Say the fact that Nala Say could get away with hiding her blood for that long too was wild. Well, yeah, to me. she just yeah she just kept deleting the sample, which I thought was was cool. And no one um, ever picked yeah, up. Yeah, I really is. I would have I would have yelled that this was a filler episode in the sense of like just like what happened. But I really enjoyed I enjoyed the buildup because it really it really helped you understand like all of the time that was burnt by by nala say trying to keep omega safe and 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 and, and to, to jump to the end of episode three uh, we were right and i and i want to i want to make a callback to when we first started doing these episodes for bad batch and it was like the first or second episode and i i told you kevin i think she's force sensitive there's something different about her and come to find out we know that she and we've been saying this for a while is that she is the key to to the program of the Emperor coming back. Which leads into Mandalorian and Grogu. Project and Project Neck Pro- Yeah, exactly. Project Necromancer. We like I I am I would if I if I was a betting man, I would put a lot of money on Necromancer is not the Death Trooper program. It is it is one hundred percent the Emperor building himself up. And we know that in, in Mandalorian, we know that that was a continuation and we know that Moth Gideon, Moth Gideon even had like his own like division of this. Potentially we think he might be a clone himself. We also know like how power hungry Moth Gideon was. And so that would have been a perfect time to hit for him to take over project Necromancer because no one else was running it at the time. So I think it's very, very interesting. I think it's really, really cool that we know that that Omega was somehow made in a, in a way that she is force sensitive, that she is actually able to commune with the force as a clone, which goes against everything that we've been talking about, you know, for a while. Where it's like, there's, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's got to be an inherited thing. Like, we really don't have a true understanding of the M count. So now knowing that it can be genetically engineered, that opens up the whole EU franchise door. Because right? a lot, there was a lot of cloning that happened in the EU, right? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not I'm not I'm not knowledgeable in EU lore, so I I don't know as much. But at one point we clone Luke from his right? hand, yeah, yeah, from his hand. Uh, the Emperor has a bunch of clones. Like so, so now that we are we are openly talking about you know cloning more than just the clones, we are making force sensitive clones. The idea of having these these Jedi hunters that could what if they, what if you know they're clones? I the, the, the possibility is just endless now. I think. Well, keep in mind, midichlorians are in all living beings. So all they were trying to do in the experiments was get the MCAT, the midichlorians to essentially transfer from to a, to a point where, to a point where the M count was able to, the, the, the subject is able to commune with the force in a, in a, in a way that is noticeable, right? Being, you are you are in tune with it. You are sensitive to it. So obviously project necromancer, we know already that's, that was invented to, it's what Snoke is a byproduct of. 
Um, Correct. He is a he's a failed clone. Yes. So we we understand all of that. Moff Gideon took it over. I don't think the Death Trooper thing is off the board because what if the byproduct of the failure of it leads to necrosis or something? But Hemlock's like, well, we can still use them. sure. You know, like that. Look at all the clones that they're working on. You know, look how look how rough Crosshair looks. You know, I mean, like all he even says that if you make me Ministry of of Science. The minister of science, I will, I will take over all the science divisions. You know, there, who knows? I mean, I would love to see him become the minister of science because then you start getting more of these unhinged projects. Look at the, look at the vine beast. The vine beast is a cross of vines and a starlack. Yeah, it is. That is literally a starlack. Like there is, there is no way around it. That was a starlack and some type of vine. And then they made a bioweapon. I love how they bombed it and it didn't kill it. Well, yeah. Well, they dropped one grenade in it. It was like no, no. Bleh. I'm in the Empire. Like the Empire was trying oh, the to Empire hide, bombing. Yeah, hide yeah, yeah. The evidence they carpet bombed it, and it did not work. Well, I think I think what they did is I I think they they blew up the facility, and then they let the the vine beasts were there to just kind of they they let it freely grow over it so that no one could ever get back in there. It's a it's a wild thing. I mean, like it, it makes sense though because what was the one? What was the Hulk beast? Was it the what was the what was the one the Luca beast? What was the big thing that they took over that oh, um, that the um, I don't remember what it was T. called. Keep talking. It's not a Tyran effects. That is that is uh, that's freaking Tyranids. Um, but I mean, like the idea of them experimenting on animals, Zilla beast, Zillow. Um, yep. Yeah. So if if they were already experimenting on you know creatures like that, who's to say they weren't taking things like Sarlax or they were taking you know other large monstrous things and crossbreeding them well making these making these uh, uh chimeras we well we know that the emperor didn't want the zillow beast to control it he wanted to create things he could control from the dna of the zillow beast right. that was the whole point mm-hmm. of it he wasn't trying to control that zillow beast so right your hypothesis is correct like how many other incredible beasts from around the galaxy have they been experimenting on i mean you could even you could even go as far as to say that the, I forget what it's called. The monster in a new hope in the garbage compactor is a byproduct of Hemlock's experiment. I was, now. I was honestly, I was honestly thinking that same thing. I was like, is this the trash compactor monster? Until it, its mouth came out, and I was like, no, there's no way that thing would fit inside. But the little, the little babies, mm-hmm. you know, what if they, what if one of those things got inside the trash compactor? But we already have like, there's already a, Wik- a Wikipedia about the trash compactor monster and like where it comes Dianoga. from. Um, yeah, those those things they like they latch onto. Um, they they find their way into garbage compactors into like the underbellies of ships. And they live there. Um, they just feed off the trash and stuff. So, but it could be fun to say like, oh, well, it could Hemlock be really fun. Like it could have been a, one. exactly. It could have been a byproduct. <laughs> of like, oh, we need to find a more natural way to get rid of our trash. Like, let's make a monster that'll eat it. You know, it could totally. Happen. I still can't get over the fact every time Hemlock speaks, I'm like, you're a McPoyle. How is that even close to possible? <laughs> so good. Um, so yeah, I mean. It, we, I kind of knew that Omega was the key to Project Necromancer. And we all did. Once I she think, was, I think there was chucking it away. And then they did a really good job in the third episode of the uh, centrifuge, just clicking every so oh, often. Just like, yeah, the tick, yeah the, the, it was the, your timer. The, the timer clicking down. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, also, her crosshairs becoming crosshairs is, is without the um, sibling, um, uh, sexual aspect. He's becoming my Jamie Lannister of the show. Where one minute oh, I can't yeah, that's stand yeah, him, yeah, yeah, and the yeah, next yeah. minute I'm rooting him on. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, 
it's interesting because you know he's trying to be mean to her to get her away so she'll stop so she'll get away Mm -hmm. um but it's uh, like he opened this he was like almost annoyed that she opened the cell but he knew he had to spring into action and take them down also because i think he just wanted to be left because he was he was over it like i think he was just he was sitting in his own poop you know he's just like he's like this is the mess i've made and like, what's the point? I don't think you know, he like, wants why do I to need... face his brothers. He again. doesn't. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing is like he's made he's made this massive mess and and he feels bad about it, you know, and there's only so much that he could do, um, you know, like he he turned, you know, it just like it, it, it he was it's rough. You know, it's it's hard. He he felt like that was his actions in this in in the cell are his penance, you know, like this is his penance. You know, I'm going to die here to make up for for. To atone for my sins, mm-hmm. to make up for it all. Also, Echo's coming back with Rex when he comes back. Yeah, one hundred because Rex so. is in the trailer, so I would assume that mm-hmm. Echo is coming, maybe with Asage. Did you finish Dark Disciple? I've got an hour left. I've, it's 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 so good. It's Kevin. a very good Kevin. book, Kevin. It is by far one of my favorite Star Wars stories right now. Um, Quinlan and Ventress. Holy shit! Power couple. They didn't know I needed that, but like those two together. Well, I'm in a I'm in a place where they're they're awesome. I'm up to a part where they're not in a good place right now, so uh, uh, oh. I only have a few more hours left. Okay, okay. Th- this book's been out for a while. Where are you at? He he he. Uh, he's back. At, they just got back to the Jedi Temple. Um, and Asajj's, oh. Asajj's, and I, I don't trust him either. I'm with Asajj. I'm like, Ew. oh man, yeah, it's it's wild. It's some good stuff. Um, I'm really really curious to see like when like when Ventress comes in with Quinlan, and how long does that last for? Um, we don't know we if know Quinlan's we... going to be in this though. We saw Ventress. We don't know if Quinlan's going to be in. Well, I mean, we assume they're together. Fair. The assumption is that they're together, right? Um. The assumption is that Quinlan Quinlan survives all of this because Obi Wan. Yeah, he sees we, his he, name. He's in the thing. He uses his name, so we know that Quinlan is still alive to a certain degree at the at you know in a future point because Bad Batch happens before Obi Wan. So we Same know time, we know Quinlan ish. Yeah, so we know that Quinlan at least survives to a certain point. Um, I just I I want to know more about him and like what's going on there. Yeah, because I haven't got to the end. I haven't got to the end. But this book, it, it takes place before episode three because because Dooku is still very much so alive. Bad Batch this. is probably a few, not too far up, but probably a few years before Obi-Wan. It's, it depending is. on where it we is. are 100%. now, though. I don't know where we are now with, with her a little I, older. I, she's only like a year older, if anything. So I don't. I still think that there is still some time. Between, I, I have to look or at seven the, at years, the, then. I have to look at the timeline and when. I, I don't know if we have ex- exact dates. Um, but yeah, anyways... I I'm I love this. I I love Ventress. I've really come to enjoy her as a character because she's always been like she was she was always a fun bad guy. She was always that great henchman, but now I think what Dave did with the writing for her really allows her to become a very memorable. Like she was already a memorable character within the Star Wars franchise, but I think now with this story and seeing more of what she's went through and getting more of her backstory, I didn't know a lot about Ventress. I didn't know that she was a Jedi Padawan. I didn't know that she got brought up in the ways of the Jedi, and then she felt betrayed by the Jedi. I I didn't know all that, and that is so cool to learn more about her. So I I love it. She's she's more of a real person to me because I now know more of her backstory, and now seeing her struggle post um, the the uh, the genocide of the Night Sisters, 
on Dathomir, knowing more about that and the stuff that she went through, like she she depicts the pain and suffering that she went through of being unable to bury the dead because the Night Sisters have a way, like you would see in Jedi, we saw it in Clone Wars, you see it in Jedi uh, Fallen Order, you see that they get put in these sacks and like being hearing why they put them in the sacks is is honestly very beautiful. It's their way of of keeping them in the world of the living while still giving them a peaceful rest as being dead. And so they live in this in-between world. They live in this fluid that allows them to be suspended for the rest of their days um, you know, on, on the planet. And I think that's really, really beautiful to me. It's almost kind of like Native American in, in a sense of like really honoring your dead and like you know, keeping them with you. It, it's, it's cool. It's beautiful. Um, and it really brings home that entire scene of Jedi Fallen Order when you're fighting with Malak and, you know, they're all like coming out. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Learning more about her has been interesting. Learning a little bit more about Quinlan, too, along the way. Oh, Quinlan? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm glad I read this book. I'd, I'd never heard of it before you mentioned it. Uh, and everyone's like, oh, my God, it's such a good book. Oh, my God, it's such a good book. So I'm happy I'm reading it because... It's been a very informative piece, and it's a nice little... Anakin's funny. He's almost just like a side piece in this book. He's just kind of there. Uh-huh. Just hanging yeah. out, chilling. I don't know if yeah. he plays... And Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan just pops up a couple points here and there. Hello Yoda's there. there a little bit. Oh, man. Okay, so we're currently <laughs> listening to uh, the audio version of the book. And Mace Windu, I love Mark. I love Mark. I told you this heart. with one of the other books. I love, I told I you love this. Mark with all of my heart. But his, <laughs> his Lando Calrissian... And his Mace Windu are exactly the same. And every time Mace Windu talks, I hear Lando. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. I just, I love it. I love Mark too. Because <laughs> then, but... then I just like, it's, and then it's also Samuel L. Jackson at the same time. And I just, he's motherfucking Sith off my motherfucking starship. I love that they in the, like, when Asajj walks in, everyone's like worried about Mace flying off the handle. <laughs> everyone's like, oh boy, just give it a second. Mace needs to chill. <laughs> like everyone. And Yoda's like, eh, everyone chill. Mm. We can talk to her. Um, again, showcasing Yoda's wisdom over the ages of uh, uh, how to deal with delicate situations. But it was just funny. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll continue Bad Batch discussion in just a minute. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And we are back. Um, so, man, uh, it's like a lot happened, but uh, it feels still feels like a precursor to much, much larger things. Um, I love uh, their new pet. <laughs> oh, um, man. Batch, Batchy? I forget what you called that him. Something, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's, that's the Luca hound, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they, the, That's sick. The interesting part was, you know, yes, Hemlock's logic and all of that was very true, but it's it very is very scientific. It's cold and scientific. Very cold. And, and that's the problem. Who who ended up being right? Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, and that's that's why Hemlock, unfortunately, is a great bad guy because he tiptoes on the he tiptoes in the line of being right and then also being bad. So like 
he's he's correct. He is right. All of his, all of his his observations are sound. He's right. You know, it's like you've domesticated this animal. It's lost its ability to fight for itself. It relies on you now to take care of it. What happens when you put it out in the wild? It's not going to be able to fend for itself. It's going to die, which is just right, 100% true, but it takes the humanity out of it. It takes the, it takes the sense of hope, like, and, that, and that is where the empire fails, and that's where the rebels always outshine them is because they have hope. They, they, they believe in something that is, that is outside the realms of possibility, in the possibility in the sense of numbers, because you know, if you live within this finite limit of just zeros and ones, you are gonna, you're not gonna be able to exceed your limits. You're always gonna be stuck. And so, you know, and I think that was one of the beautiful things of 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 the lesson of that episode. I was trying to tell is like, you are more than what you seem, mm-hmm. and you can you can do amazing things if you just try. And I think that was really really cool. I did love too how the Luca hounds that they sent after them ended up saving them because they went after that other weird yeah. bear beast <laughs> with leaves on its back. Um, uh, another probably genetically engineered monster. You think? I, I mean, I'm with you. I don't know. At, at, at my in in my head now, this planet is full of just just Frankenstein's monsters. I mean, Hemlock is a very um, Doctor Frankenstein character, uh, which is why I so. which is why I, I you know Project Necromancer. Yes, but I still am not giving up on the origins of the Death Trooper. Oh no, the there. idea of him making Frankenstein's monsters in the sense of of soldiers. Is one hundred percent still on the table? Like a, I think Hemlock is the reason why it happens. I think what happens it, through this season, we will we will get the acknowledgement of the Death Trooper program. It will happen. I think Hemlock will move up to Minister of of Science. He will he, like he, because the emperor. The emperor. This is not the only time we're going to see the emperor. The emperor is in the the um, the cover art for the poster art for the show, um, and so that tells me that he's going to hold a he's a, he's a key character in this in this. Uh, season whereas in other seasons he was kind of just a drop you know he's just like oh the emperor's there just reminds you that like hey he's going to be important at some point and now i think this season we will see more and more of the emperor when it comes to things like the death trip because he said um at one point he said all of these things would would work for all of your glorious some things or another i would i would use but that's not why i'm here today they just he wanted to see the vault so I think he is going to be intrigued by everything else that Hemlock is up to. Now that he has the full backing of the Emperor, he has access to everything. The Emperor said, whatever you need, I will give you to make sure that this is a success. So now Hemlock has, has access to unlimited funds. He has the entire... He's essentially um, uh, uh, the, the guy who builds the Death Star. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Director Krennic. He's essentially Director Krennic Just right now. in science. Just, just with you know, biological science. My, um, my, what's interesting to me too from the, the Project Necromancer side is, again, going back to EU and Legends, I've said this a hundred times on the show, but even even if you scientifically can create a, a clone shell that can handle the transfer of the midichlorians appropriately, which obviously they're going to have trouble with for the next twenty years. Um, yep. The force, the the mysticism, the magic behind it is still the secret of that eternal emperor if you go back to the EU. And I really, really hope Dave just gives a slight nod at some point saying that, like, it's half science, half mysticism to get this done. Oh, yeah. And, like, just gives one small nod to that because 
The only thing we've ever to. had in Star Wars that where a, a force user can transfer their consciousness between bodies is the Eternal Emperor, who we don't even know how far back it goes. We know his original origin, but we don't know how many times he's done it. Um, has done it for thousands of years by the time we meet him in the old Republic game. Yeah, I would. I I don't know. I would just love that nod because even when you play Kotor, I, which is four hundred years before, they're talking about how no one's seen the Emperor in years, and we also don't know what is in the vault. We we assume we assume that it's it, high a high grade medical facility, right? Yeah, I mean we, but we don't we don't we don't know what's behind those doors. They are they are keeping that very safe and secret. Even when you go to Episode Nine. And you go to the cloning chamber or where they're holding the vats of all that stuff. Like there were these cloaked uh, uh, acolytes, Sith I think Eternal. would be the best way to call them. Yeah. And so they, what would, what would, to, I don't, I think it's fair to say that those guys could be in the vault. They could be, the Sith Eternal though, they live on Exegol. So my assumption in that is that Hemlock's research will eventually be transported to Exegol. Sure. Um, and when along the way, it's Gideon that gets a hold of it, or Gideon is duplicating it. Those are the two scenarios. I, I think. I think what happens is Gideon gets a hold of the research at some point and and wants to replicate it, and that's why Grogu is so important to Gideon, not the Emperor. But to Gideon, not to the Emperor, right? Because for all we know, by that time, the Emperor's figured it out already, or came close. That's because he that is he never actually succeeds he doesn't he doesn't perfect it Be, so because so because we know that it is not perfected because of episode seven eight and nine look at look at everything that we've seen leading up to that even at the very end when we see him he's being held together by machines because because his body that version of his body was as close as you could get but it was still not perfect we, it was going to explode from all of all of the force energy so i think it is fair to say that we know that omega does not get captured omega's omega is safe and I think what happens is the Emperor tries to, like you said, it sends it to Exegol because he knows there's no way that we can we can perfect this, so we might as well just go with what we got. Or I need more mysticism to get this done and less science. Yeah, or the dark, or like, you know, an acolyte. Maybe acolyte kind of like brings forth like the show, <laughs> right? I mean, I've been thinking about this ever since, like since this morning, I was, like, as, as I was watching this, I was like, okay, so in a perfect linear storytelling, you're going to be able to start at episode one, mm -hmm. And just go, or actually, you're going to start before that. You're going to start with High Republic stuff. You're going to start with the Young Jedi. You're going to start with Acolyte. You're going to start with all of that. You're going to go all the way through. Then you're going to get to Episode 1, right? And then you're going to go all the way through Episodes 1, 2, and 3. In between 1, 2, and 3, you're going to watch Clone Wars. You're going to watch The Bad Batch, right? And then you're going to go into, oh, you're going to go through all of these shows. How do you tie it all together? And so, so this has to tie into the Clone Wars, or it has to tie into... Um, into the Mandalorian and has to tie into episode seven, eight, nine. So that's that's kind of like where I'm getting at is is we have to figure like now we get to start really connecting the dots and finishing this puzzle. Well, seven, eight, nine was a shit show. I love seven, eight, nine. But they have to work. Show. They have to work with it. Exactly. They have to figure out how to close all of that up. So while not intentional, I think Dave's twenty year or you know if you write like a, like a one three five plan or something like that, Dave's twenty year goal is to make it so seven, eight, nine is not so egregious to the timeline and it all fits right. nicely in. So mm -hmm. for you to say that there's connections to Acolyte, I wouldn't put it past them. There'll be connections. Again, my whole point of bringing up the Eternal Emperor is that when they decide to dive into the higher Repu or old Republic and make things canon, there's mm -hmm. your there's your there's your link. 
We know you already, and you already know about it. We know about it. We know Palpatine studies Sith, ancient Sith of the past. We know that he studied Darth Bane. We know that he studied mm-hmm. Darth um, uh, and Dedu. We know he studied all these old ancient Sith. We know that from the hint from that book from Disney, the crazy story behind that when when Nine released. We know that from a lot of the other media we've seen, the vaults in Battlefront that he hides all over the galaxy. The vaults in Battlefront aftermath makes a great nod to those vaults as well. So, and we know the Sith love love to leave behind their knowledge for the next Sith to, you know, come find their ghost and, 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 you know, have that conversation with them. So, or, or find their holocron. We know that for a fact, they're all that hubris of the Sith is like, Mm -hmm. you know, this thing, my, whatever has to live on. Um, so we also have to figure out how the Zepho get tied into all of this. I, the Zepho before that, you know, obviously there's the, there's the break between the Zepho. You had the light, I think there's three types of Zepho. That's my theory is there's light, dark and neutral. Yeah. No. Well, I mean like it's kind of, that's pretty much like said in survivor. They never mention the neutral, but they always have a symbol. No, but they they understand. They talk about how like they were like prosperous. And then there's one Zepho shows up and he's, he's a badass. You know, he just like, he, he's definitely dark side, you know, and he wants to take over and he almost completely exterminates the Zepho. The one who has his name on the temple. Out of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then out of that comes the Zepho that are more aligned with light and dark. They live in the middle. So I think that's like the that's that's what happens post a pre-apocalyptic event and and they save themselves is that they find out that there's a balance between the two. But we know that like the Zepho that the the big brontosaurus looking thing from from Horizon Zero Dawn shows up, <laughs> and we're all we're all sure that that's Zepho or Rakatan. Um, that could be Rakatan technology too. We 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 know we've got Zepho shown off in Mandalorian. We've got we've got a Zepho temple there. We've got Zepho all over Fallen Order. We've got Zepho mentioned in Jedi Survivor. Like we have to, we have to somehow get get an acknowledgement of this race well, some, and a story of it at some point. Somebody's making Dawn of the Jedi, so I would assume. Well, Dawn of the Jedi, Dawn of the Jedi is the beginning of the timeline. That is that is where the Zepho story could live, right? But somehow it's still tied into all of these other pieces of Star Wars storytelling that we've had. Yeah, and that's my point though is that Palpatine's a historian, so. Sure. If the goal is to tell a story over 20 years, you're saying act like a connect to it. I'm saying I agree with you because we could go yeah. back and Palpatine's. Right. Well, it's the other way around. Palpatine finds the the footprints of things that happened right. in the previous events and puts them all together. Mm-hmm. So while he may not, he may, ne- he, well, he won't, he will never perfect what the eternal emperor was able to do. He's obviously gleaning off of this character and they would be foolish not to include him. And we do know that Dave is a fan of the expanded universe and he loves to take elements of it and bring it into his oh, version. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a match. Because made he said, he has said openly, he's like, what's the point of rewriting all of this stuff? Why reinvent the wheel when all of this stuff is here for us? It's, it's already there. And he's like, why do I need to re- rewrite this? He's like, let me just take the, the content and just fit it into the story that we have now and make it work. Yep. And that, that was so cool because he's, he's like, I'm not going to throw it away. Why would I throw away all of this hard work? It's there. I just need to figure out how to make it work seamlessly into yeah, the story and, that's and already been written. Old Republic, like, you don't, we know from other texts that the Jedi Temple was sacked by the Sith in the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. We know that. We play it. Well, we don't play it in the game. It happened. Well, it happens actually twice in that era. But um, 
you know, we know that happens. So again, there's these significant events and points along the way. We know the rule of two, we know Darth Bane, that's all canon. The novel may not be canon, but we know Darth Bane is. And if they ever made media around Darth Bane, you bet your ass they're gonna put Darth Xana in it too. They can't not, like, there'd be a freaking riot. Like, I'd be pissed. That'd be one of the things that, like, that's a non-negotiable, you gotta bring her back. Um, mm. You know, it's like the potential of bringing Mara Jade back. We constantly hear that Mara Jade will be brought back in something in between seven and where we're at right now with um, Filoni versus Mandalorian stuff. So, um, and Mara Jade coming back would help explain Luke's hermitage, you know? Yeah. If, oh, if yeah. she gets yeah, killed. Yeah, a sad, sad old man sitting in the middle yeah, of nowhere. Yeah, it's not just his nephew turning the dark side. That's not enough for him. His freaking no, father did it lover. already. Like, <laughs> that's not enough. Uh, that that's enough for Han and Leia to like become estranged and no longer, you know, want to be together because losing a child to that would be devastating. But for Luke, no, his dad was on the dark side and he had to take him down. So it would, it would, in my, in my opinion, <laughs> have you seen the meme where it's, um, it's about Luke and it's like my dad, he killed a bunch of kids and wiped out the entire Jedi order, but I still love him. My nephew, had a bad dream. <laughs> so I tried to kill it's him. Just, it's really pissed off Luke with the lightsaber. <laughs> it was like, I could forgive my dad, but I couldn't forgive my nephew. <laughs> Who hadn't done anything yet. He just had a really bad nightmare. Like, it's just so messed up. But again, I really hope that they fix, like, they have, they have to somehow, again, they're going to have to find a way to make that moment make sense. Because in its current state, I mean, I can, that's, I can that's explain the, it away right now, you know. Sure, but it's the hilarity of it. But that's but if you look at it in that light, that's the hilarity oh, of it. Where it just it, it's not it's not cohesive in a way that really makes sense because it's so outside of Luke's character. You know, it's just like it's so far outside, I mean, and I understand why he did it. I, I can under like there are so many reasons could, why. You could joke it away and just say the Skywalkers love killing children. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That is so dark. <laughs> <laughs> the, the serious uh, reason is... And their dads. Oh, my God. <laughs> ben kills his dad. Luke kills his. Essentially kills his dad. He chops, he beats the shit out of it's him. It's in the bloodline. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, the, the real reason would be is that he, you know, thought he saw the writing on the wall and didn't want to, you know... So put him his ass in exile. <laughs> Holy God. Nah, just, uh, that's how Skywalker's right deal there. with problems. <laughs> that's, we just... We solve it with a Whatever lightsaber. What shall we do? <laughs> I know. Has Jen seen that one yet? Or <laughs> no, it's not as traumatizing. <laughs> it's still one of the most popular clips. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah, I mean, like you can explain all that away, but getting back to the point, like, yeah, to incorporate all of this and the from the people that got the because a lot of people got to review the first eight episodes. They, what the? They <laughs> what all the said f- the tone stays mature through the first eight, eight episodes. Good because the cinematography for this was amazing. Yeah. It was like I was watching a an animated version of uh, Rogue One. I told you the sh- the shots the shots on like just the sh- the the crew the uh, the transporter coming in with the with the lightning storm when they when they do the GoPro shot on the side of the ship and it's coming in i love that when it's like the lights flickering and it's dark and it's all these like really tight shots from a long long perspective and it's tight the whole way it just it really sets a tone and it's just it's exciting. I like this kind of Star Wars because it really brings home much like uh, how Andor did 
it, it captures almost that um, band of brother, the HBO show. It captures almost that sense of of military storytelling where it's it's exciting. You're on the edge of your seat all the way through, even during like the good times when you know it's going to be okay. You're still on the edge of like what's going to happen. And I felt that all three episodes, even even like what I feel like episode two could almost be a, a filler episode for what we did. And like, really, like there wasn't a lot of story progression outside of like, OK, they went and they went down to the planet. They found the thing. And that was about it. But all of that was mostly action. And I loved all of it. It was great. I think. Um, uh, I said it before, and I'll say this again. Be prepared for the first eight episodes to be a banger. In the middle, it probably will lull a little bit. Again, I don't know. It's the final season. Dave might just go ham the entire time. He did it with Ahsoka. Um, so just be prepared that there'll be a lull. But those last four episodes, I guarantee you it's going to be like Clone Wars Season 7 where it's so freaking significant that it's going to have a different title screen. It's going to be its oh, own yeah. movie, which is essentially it's the, last, be just like Clone Wars. Yep, the last four episodes of Clone Wars are its own movie, in my opinion. The Fall of so Mandalore, oh my God. Order 66, that was like nuts. My, I told you, when I watched it, my son, he cried. Um, he's uh, two episodes away from watching Tech Die, too, because he's trying to catch up, and I'm just like, he's going to ball. Um, so uh, I have a feeling they'll, there might be a lull. I hope Dave just goes ham the whole time. I really does, but 16 episodes is a lot. Um but those last four. Are we getting? Are we going to get multiple episodes dropped, or is this the only? No, no, no. There's a few times. There's uh, there's a whole schedule. Let me look it up for you, Bad Batch. Well, while you're doing that, I just wanted to see like how people were rating Bad Batch. Uh, the Daily Beast, uh, their article says Star Wars cartoon. The Bad Batch is still a so-so continuation of Clone Wars. Ouch! Who said that? The Daily Beast. This was written by Jesse ha- uh, Hassan. So Jesse doesn't like Clone Wars. Jesse says no fan of the early 2000 Star Wars prequels could resist the career arc of Dave Filoni. A veteran of Nickelodeon's beloved Avatar, the animation director was plucked by George Lucas to work on the Clone Wars animated TV series. Um, you go, you keep going down. Okay, so this is the episode that don't trade as heavily in zippy action or side missions do have a compelling ongoing story hook. The Bad Batch pays increasing attention to the Empire's transition from clone army to recruited and conscripted stormtroopers, right? When does he start like ripping it apart? Oh, here we go. The inimitable daftness of Lucas is the easiest way to describe what the show lacks. But either the sincere cleverness of Rian Johnson or the passionate rigor of Tony Gilroy would more than suffice. Instead, characters speak their feelings with a kind of expositional glumness. Pause. Even when they're supposed to be expressing important emotions. Rian Johnson also wrote one of the worst stories in all of Star Wars. So right off the bat, I have an issue with this person. I was The Last Jedi, and Tony Gilroy is Andor. Andor's great. Didn't argue, not arguing with Tony Gilroy. Right. I don't hate mm-hmm. all of Last Jedi. I've said this before. But my God, the Finn Rose thing, that's Rian Johnson. Yeah, that rough. And that can go yep. to hell a thousand times over. So right there. Also forced. Him calling him, what did he call him? What was the exact phrasing? Um, he said, okay, so the inimitable daftness of Lucas is the easiest way to describe what the show lacks but either the sincere cleverness yeah no out uh, well, i'm done i don't care about your, 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 you, you and i are not going to agree on this you yeah, can keep going but i, I, I think just want to point Jess, that out Jess, no, no no jesse just seems like i was trying to find the part where it just it showcased that this person doesn't really like is is not a 
a fan of this. It feels like he's just already not a fan of animated Star Wars as a whole. And, and, and that's fine. Totally fine. I think what people I think what happens is for the most part, people see animation and they instantly think that it's designed for a 10 year old. And and that is so far outside the realm of what this is. This is Star Wars storytelling in a way that allows us to to do things that would take time or are just impossible to pull off in, in, in a in a way that you can do it in animated. It's also made so I can watch it with my ten year old and enjoy. I, I it. agree, but it, it it also has so many underlying adult tones through the entirety exactly, of it. Exactly, but nothing that's that so it, over the allowed, top. It's just like it's just like SpongeBob. You know, they, he talks about him coming from Avatar and Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon did an amazing job of making cartoon shows enjoyable for children and adults, and separating that level of understanding of humor. In a way that kids could watch it and their parents could laugh and the kids wouldn't understand why they're laughing. I had no idea that in Rocco's Modern Life, there's a sex phone operator scene. I had no idea. I went back and watched Rocco and even Rugrats. It's raunchy. Or the, uh, or uh, not Rugrats, um, Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Like, okay, well, I, my parents have never let me watch Ren and Stimpy. But it, it, hell, chick, cow and chicken. Uh, uh, cat dog, angry beavers, like Nickelodeon did a great job of allowing adults and children to enjoy shows. And so that's what Dave is doing. Dave has done, has done it in a way where the star Wars fan, uh, new or old can sit down with their kid, introduce them to star Wars and everyone has a great time. Yeah. I don't understand why we continue to fight this, this argument of it's a cartoon. I, as an adult cannot like it. And he also said Rian Johnson was clever in reference to Star Wars, so he lost me. Great. I love Knives Out. I'm not saying the man's not clever. I'm saying in reference to Star Wars, that is such a poor usage because that's the person that brought Rose and Finn to the forefront. And I'm sorry, that is the worst part of the sequel trilogy by far and away next to Captain Phasma, who is the most misused person in the sequel trilogy. Oh, my God. What what a just what a throwaway. I have the schedule like was- for you, by the way. Go for it. So four and five are solo. Six and seven are together. Eight and nine are solo. Ten and eleven are together, and then twelve to fifteen are all solo. Which leads me to believe okay. that twelve to fifteen are your bangers. But yeah. if they're doubling up on ten and eleven, that also means to me that there's a reason they're di- now. Part of the reason they're doubling up on episodes is because they want to wrap this up before May the fourth. I get that. The last episode's on May first. Um, so it's all it's also content release schedule, but I'm sure they purposefully picked certain episodes to double up on on purpose, purposefully on purpose. Yes, uh, <laughs> but they doubled up on those episodes for a reason. Um, so. For all intents and purposes, Tim, judging mm-hmm. by this, maybe the most you get on fillers this season is four episodes tops. I'm OK with that. But this runs all the way till May, right? May 1st is the series finale. Oh, my God. We have content, Tim, for the next two. We do have content. Are you That's out of the great. country uh, next week? I will be. Yep. So am I flying solo for the episode? Yeah, but it'll be okay. It'll be a filler episode. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> it'll be a filler I episode. I gotta go find a co-host. Um, Damn, I don't have any. There's also. I'll see Ben can do it. Oh. He's like my only other friend. <laughs> ben, you could. I mean, I've got, I've got some people that you know that would be willing to do an episode with you. They have to be all up on the Bad Batch, though. True. <clears throat> um, for those that aren't up on the Bad Batch, but have been uh, reading the Star Wars comics by Marvel, I I need to get. I, there's 43 episodes. Um, there's the newest one coming out. Looks really really cool. Uh, I found this uh, this article over on ComicBook.com. 
So Star Wars preview shows Luke Skywalker meeting a forgotten Sith. Star Wars continues to deep dive into the uh, into the heirs Luke Skywalker uh, the years Luke Skywalker spent training as a Jedi between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Luke has been on a quest to learn more about the mis- the mysteries of the Kyber crystals as he seeks to forge his new lightsaber. After losing the duel with Darth Vader, Luke's quest has taken him inside the dark heart of a Sith Kyber crystal, where he learned firsthand just how the Jedi's ancient enemy sacrifices their souls for the power of the dark side. This is so sick. During a visit to the Sith Kyber Crystal, Luke discovered an entire realm inside of it where the echo of a mysterious Sith Lord resided. A big threat of the galaxy, the AI entity, the Scourge, I I have no idea what the Scourge is, distracted Luke from his mission, but the preview for Marvel Comics Star Wars number 43 reveals that his return to the Crystal Realm is a trap. (laughs) This is so sick. And the soul of that mysterious Sith is looking to do more with Luke than a simple chat. That's really cool. I have no idea who the Sith Lord is. We watched the, uh, I don't think we're supposed to. We we read the preview on that months ago because I got an article on it. But now that either it's out or the art is out because I'm looking for it. I lost it. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the art right now. So here's, so here's the synopsis. He looks like an ever synopsis. He does. Um, So here is the synopsis and preview uh, for Star Wars number 43. A Sith in the mind's eye, Luke Skywalker is trapped deep behind enemy lines. Hunted by a rogue Sith who sees the nascent Jedi as his chance at new ascendancy. How will Luke survive? And who will he be if he does? So this is, uh, you will never forget this moment, Jedi. So this is is the Sith uh, Lord speaking. You will never forget this moment, Jedi. No one leaves their pain behind. The easy moments in our lives blend together into a mushy, unmemorable pabulum. Our time without struggle means nothing in the end. But our injuries, our agonies, those we remember, they make us who we are. Also, we begin to learn that... Oh, is this guy? His lightsaber looks so sick. That armor is Old Republic. If I've ever seen Old Republic armor, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a flowy cape. His lightsaber looks really cool. Yeah, he. That's what is your name, Jedi? Luke Skywalker. It's the same. It's the same as it was the last time you came to see me, Skywalker. This place is what it needs to be, but I can imagine a version that is even better. Your pain and mine together could create that. You just need to see it. You just need more hurt. I'm sure we'll get there. We have all the time we need. And he just walks away from Luke in this prison cell. I want to read this so badly. He's already wearing his Return of the Jedi outfit. So we're kind of we're already at that point. He's got the black leather on. He's got the black cape on. But this guy looks sick. He's pale. He's got he's got long black hair. Does he have four fingers? Four fingers? No, he's got. Look at the warrior weapon. No, he's he's human. He's got five. Yeah, he's humanoid. He looks sick, but they don't they don't say who he is. Apparently, that's the mystery. That's the mystery. I, 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 we, we did, we did comic books for a little bit when the High Republic stuffs dropped, but there's a lot of lore going on. This AI entity, the Scourge. I want to learn more about that. I wonder if that is from Vader. With, um, I wonder if that's Vader and his robot army that he was building in Doctor Afra. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> also, uh, both classic Battlefront games are coming to Switch. I saw that. Someone tweeted me this morning about that. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the original Battlefront made by Pandemic Studios. Yeah, the old ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I 
if if there's online capabilities, which I would assume there is based on what the game is, mm-hmm. I might play that a lot. Yeah, no, they said that. Yeah, they said it's online capabilities. It has online servers for the Switch. Because I, I like the new games, but no offense, the, those ones are have fun better. playing. Have fun playing that. That that those graphics look like they came from 1995. I don't. I don't care if it's fun. I still play. Um, what was I playing the other day? The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game with Hunter. Yeah, but that's classic. That that is so is okay. Battlefront. There is it. No, 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 no. Two D, two D, sixteen bit is forever. When you get to the when you get to the age of us experimenting with three D polygons, that is hell. I had like, a lot like of we fun. were talking we're talking about Laura Croft triangle boobs right now. Okay, that is the time period that we are in. I had a lot of fun playing um, Jedi Academy on Switch. Well, yeah. When, oh, I had a lot of fun playing the 360 version of Republic Commando. Again, that stuff like visually that just doesn't bother you. I mean, it's sharp edges and stuff, but whatever. If it's if it's fun, it's fun. I just was the storytelling enough. Like, okay, so for me, Republic I was Commando, okay with yes. playing. Yes, I'm okay with playing bad game, like bad games, old games that have not acceptable graphics for 2024. I'm okay to play it. Like I played Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain is visually terrible. Story phenomenal. Yes, agreed. And that was okay. That was okay with me because the story hooked me. It's also not a game where you really have to. But battle, but play. Battlefront. I just feel like that would just it would just. Ugh. It's the Switch, though. You hold it in your hand. It's not like a full 4K experience you're looking for. Yeah, but then I could just go play Star Wars Battlefront 2 on this thing. You could. You could. You could play modded, too, which is even more fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah how long till we get, before we get out of here, how long till we get uh, Star Wars mods for Helldivers? Oh, my God. It's literally just... It, 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 we've, we've been talking about this. Everyone's like, man, this, this Star Wars game is cool. It's like, it's not a Star Wars game, but it could be. Like we were, we were, I was doing IP pitches and I was like, if you take Helldivers, you take Helldivers and you, 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 you put it in the Star Wars IP world. So what I would do is I would take the mechanics of Helldivers and I would put it in Republic Commando. So you play Star Wars Republic Commando, but instead of playing as these Helldivers, you're playing as clones and then you are going up against separatist forces on certain planets and you're pushing them back and you could have this back and forth, you know, like that would be great. And then let's say on the other side, like if you wanted to, oh, put in multiple factions like that totally could happen um you know lord of the rings i think would work really really well too you're just instead of going to multiple planets you're just on one big you're on middle earth and then you're fighting for different sides of middle earth against the orcs and whatnot um there's so many like it's just that it is it is the right amount of content in a video game that allow and also the right amount of sandbox so it's it's pointing you in directions to do things but it's allowing you to the, the freedom to do whatever you want and so i just i think star wars a Star Wars Helldiver-esque game could totally crush it, and I would love to see it. Go back and watch Solo uh, in right after he enlists in the battle scene before he gets thrown in the brig with Chewie. It's mm-hmm. Helldivers. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. I mean, like, what's it to say? Like, weekend. what's to say? Like, you're you know, like uh, on one on one front, you're fighting you're fighting the Separatist forces, you're fighting you know the Clankers, or you go like you got to fight the Geonosians, um, but then also you have the syndicates. Like, let's say like the Pike Syndicate is pushing on on a certain sector and you know they're trying to advance their their smuggling cartel and they're trying to push spice on these areas and you got to fight that you got to fight the pikes but back. you you don't in, get to play the jedi it, jedi is like no, no, an no, AI you're commander fight. and you're one of the clones right exactly you never you do, you never ever have access to a lightsaber you might that might be a stratagem you might be call able to call in, in 
call in a, a drop ship that has a, je- a a Jedi general and he comes down and he fights off a group and then he's like, I've got to get out of here and go fight on the other front. And he jumps on a, a on a troop carrier and then flies off. That could totally happen. It would do just fine. Just saying. So Star Wars, if you're listening, I, I know some of the people in the gaming division follow us. I know it. I know you listen. I see you on Twitter. So I'm just saying. Tim, it might be time for our... Uh you know the the consulting arc we keep pushing this this is a golden opportunity i could to- we kevin we could we could totally make it happen there's there's ideas up in the noodle just saying i know one person up. who's currently working on a star wars game that listens to the show that's probably going to dm me the second he hears the episode later today or tomorrow. I'm, I'm just saying all i'm saying <laughs> is that like there is there is a lot of possible like the 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 idea of other companes taking hell divers and because of how successful it is I really think we are going to end because up seeing the, more PV. It's, it's PVE the perfect game. There's co-op. no PvP. I've been saying it's it the for PVE years. co-op. It is it is nice to play against other people. PvP is fun. The problem is, is that look at the content people are making. People are being friendly with each other. They are they're rallying each other. They're recruiting each other to join the cause and play this game and fight this this video game. I, and how cool is that? How often do you see that in the video game industry? Because it's mostly driven by PvP. I follow a TikTok account that literally is the morning Hell Divers report, and she's like, "Good morning, divers." Last night on the front, we lost the planet in the you know, and she's going through the whole battle scenario and how many soldiers are fighting on one front and how we lost two planets to the uh, automatons but we gained one but the termin is we're pushing them back and that we need more soldiers this works in star wars sorry i've never ever seen this in the video game industry ever the last co-op experience that i had doesn't even come close to the the way everyone's working together that i enjoyed this much was rainbow six vegas Sure. That was the last pure but, co-op experience that I've 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 had where I enjoyed playing with other people that much. Yes, I know people are going to bring up WoW and Destiny. It's not the same. It's not. This is It does it it does bring it does bring out a bit of destiny in the sense of community whereas like everyone was kind of fighting together to to fight Oryx, you know, or something like that where everyone kind of felt like they were they were working together but but even within Destiny it was divided it because was of always, the PVP community. It was always collect this amount of stuff as a community and then we'll unlock right, that's right. not this. This is a threat. No, no, we feel like all of our yeah, we feel like all of our actions are really helping fight against the game. And so I just I I've been so happy. It's been so cool to see like People outside of the gaming industry make content about Helldivers. Like, I'm getting wives that are like, all right, if your husband or boyfriend is into Helldivers, here are the terms that you need to understand to make sure that you're connecting with them in a better way. Like, I'm doing my part. You know, like, that's just, it's silly, but it's so awesome to see. You're nobody in the game. That's the key. You're, you are just another soldier in the army. But it's but you but it's you are that soldier. Right. You get to take on that role, and people role playing in in chat is so funny I, so because good. they really because they feel like their soldier is also a part of it. They're just not fighting at that moment. The Xbox people that are like, I feel like a civilian watching the battle unfold back on Super. So it's the funniest. And then the PlayStation are, people are like, we need the Spartans. Bring the Spartans in. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I have a feeling the game will come out on Xbox before the end of the year. And they're oh, going to make a sure. big deal about reinforcements. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. But like so many of the Xbox people are like, we want to play. We want to join. We want to help. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. And obviously there's two gigantic sectors of space in the game that there's no attack coming from. So the more players uh, we add, I have a feeling more threats might emerge from multiple there's a fronts. Third, there, well, in Helldivers 1, there was a third faction. Right. 
they're kind of they're kind of like the protoss the water, from Starcraft. The water based they're, guys. They're, yeah, they're like they're kind of ethereal. Um, so it would be it's going to be cool to see when they introduce them or how they introduce them because they seems like they already have like a narrative that they're following. Like after week one, they talked about the automaton forces pushing. You know, they are invading. So then we had to defend. So now we've got like six days left until the defense is over. So we have no idea what happens after after that is done. It feels um, like it so, feels like Eve, where Eve has has real consequences sure. for people's actions in the yep. world, except it's a full co-op experience. And like you can't do anything except fight. But it's just interesting to blend the narrative um, around everything. So it really feels I don't know. It's just it's just one of the best. I, I'm a PVE co-op person. So this feels good for someone like me who likes to raid in games and things like that. This is kind of like the creme de la creme where even my insignificant, you know, we'll play with Tim later today and Ben, our insignificant action on a planet does have a ramification of like an echo wave across this galaxy they've created, which is just kind of cool. I just, just saying, mm-hmm. just kind of cool. But well, if you're not playing hell divers or you're on Xbox, I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you're just, it's so much fun with friends. Solo is a bit yep. rough. Um, it's doable, but it's not this like, euphoric experience when you're playing with friends they I, I would say it's probably one of the best experiences in gaming right now um but cool so w- i have meetings starting in 20 minutes so i'm going to uh, uh go attend those and then i'm going to dive into hell with with tim later and where can they find you kevin uh, when you're diving twitch.tv slash k magic or youtube.com slash k magic yt Either of those TikTok if you're into it, K Magic One Hundred, K Magic One Hundred One, not K Magic. God, I said my URL wrong. Um, that's why I was like, when did you get rid of the One Hundred One? No, I can't. I can't. Someone else is okay, squatting that's... on K Magic. Someone's one of the old Twitch C Suite is squatting on Kevin, so I can't have anything I want. Um, nice, good. <laughs> I could never get rid of this fucking name. <laughs> Same dude as someone who's Darkness Four Two Nine. I just, you know, I would love to be just Tim. I was drunk. You just sound like an edge lord. <laughs> yeah. I was 14 when I made I couldn't log into my PlayStation account, so I just made a new one, and I was like, I'm going to teach gaming magic people 101. I'm drunk. And now here I am. (laughs) It's my goddamn brand. Um, So, uh, But yeah, you can check me out over there. And if you want to watch Tim, it's Darkness429, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, anywhere else, Twitter, Facebook. You'll find me. Yeah, Darkness429, his beautiful face comes up. You'll be fine. Um, oh, stop it. But yeah, if you want to dive into hell uh, uh, alongside our, our your brothers and, you know. Brothers in arms. Glorious nukes. Do your pods. Against bugs and communist robots. Uh, Do your part. Feel free to uh, feel free to join us. But uh, this is Star Wars and Scotch. We are Star Wars and Scotch. You can find us all over at Star Wars and Scotch or Star Wars Scotch everywhere. Rate, review, subscribe. It helps us out immensely. Um, but we thank you so much for uh, for hanging out with us. This Bad Batch journey is going to be a couple months, so we got lots to talk about coming up. I'm sure you'll hear more about Helldivers, and uh, uh, we got to figure out this comic because now I'm interested in this comic. Yeah, I'm really, really (laughs) intrigued. So I'm going to have to do some reading. Yep, we're going to do some reading too. But uh, until next time, make sure you're drinking King's Coast coffee, get your GCX tickets, and uh, we will see you for next week. Well, I will see you. Tim will not be around. Uh, I will see you. Next week, uh, even if I'm solo, I'll come cover the episode for a bit just to make sure we cover our bases. But uh, you have a great week. And Tim, may the force be with you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.